0: This life changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Well, we're going to jump in, into the Word, and I'm going to continue, been teaching, living uh, a life of faith. And a lot of this I realize is review, but I believe God uh, speaks. I may have heard something before many times and God spoke it another way. And you, you learn. We never stop learning. We never stop growing and, and seeing what the Lord, His Word, has to say to us. We know that faith is our positive response to what Christ has already done, what He has already done at the cross, the finished work of the cross. Say, the finished work of the cross. Faith is established in that truth. We're not begging God, trying to get him to do something. We're not going to talk him into something. You're not going to sound miserable enough to talk him (laughs) into something. Yes, he's merciful, but he's given us laws in his Bible. We could say faith is a law of the kingdom. It's the way that we receive from God. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, we've walked by faith and not by sight. And we saw that that's our five physical senses. Now, do you need your five physical senses? Absolutely. We need them to get around in this world where you don't burn yourself. You don't walk into something. (laughs) We need those five physical senses, but the kingdom of God is the invisible kingdom? Where is the kingdom? By the way, inside of us. Said so the kingdom of God is resident on the inside of us, and we can display the kingdom. But th- this kingdom is not comprehended by our five physical senses. It's we do not judge if the Bible's true because of our sight. Because the way we feel, because the way things smell, those five physical senses, and sometimes we'll pray a prayer and we're waiting for a physical sense that our prayer was effective. And that's, that's not biblical. Do I like the feelings? Absolutely. I love the feelings. But some of the greatest things I've seen God do, there was no feelings. We saw a blind eye open and there wasn't a feeling at all. But God's word is true. Anyway, so we have to know about faith and have some understanding that we can be stronger in our lives than our walk for the Lord. So grace provides, it's our provision. I gave the example like our power lines when I worked at Light, Gas, and Water. I worked in substation engineering. We had we designed substations and we had these power lines. TVA power lines came into our system, 500 KV and we went 160 KV thousands of volts out of it. And you could say that that's the power source. That's grace. That's the provision of a God that he, he gave us in Christ at the cross. So you got these transmission lines. And say you're in your house and you notice the lights aren't on. So you call the power company. And you say, my lights aren't on. And they check and they say, well, you have power. Well, my lights aren't on. They're going to tell you, you need to get an electrician or whatever. Because they show they have power. And, and they, they'll probably say, have you checked the breaker? Have you done this? And said, no, there's no lights in the whole house. You know, the lights aren't working. Well, sir, have you flipped the switch on? No, I didn't know I had to do that. Y'all don't flip the switch for me? No. You got to flip the switch. That's your faith. You're just turning the switch on, receiving the grace that's already been provided in Christ Jesus. Now, you might have a power line get knocked down during the storm. God's provision never wanes. In fact, it says that God's grace is so strong that when we get to heaven, there's another vault of grace called his exceeding grace that we get to open when we get to heaven. So there's more grace than we're walking in this earth. There's more grace when we get to heaven. Now, I truly believe that we'll spend all eternity learning about God's grace and his goodness. If the angels around the throne who are saying, holy, holy, it's Lord God Almighty, because they see a different aspect of God. Every time they say it, when you look it up, they're seeing a different glimpse of God's glory. And they've been doing that a long time. A long, long time. And they're still getting a new glimpse of his glory and who he is. Heaven's not going to be boring. You don't need to be on the highway to hell to have a good time. That's going to be a bad time. (laughs) Grace provides, faith receives. Hebrews 11 verse 1 amplified. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see in the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. Now we know hope is what? The confident expectation of something in your future. I'll say something good in your future because surely most of us aren't hoping for something bad in our future. Somebody says, you're going to, You're going to have a flat tire, you go that way. I hope not. (laughs) And faith is the substance that gives reality to that thing hoped for. Now, where does hope come from? Everybody say the Bible. Where does faith come from? Everybody say the Bible. You are so smart. That reminds me of a dream years ago I had, I was taking a test I knew I had to pass this test. I was sweating and I just didn't feel prepared and I'm there taking this test I, I am praying, I said, Lord, you know, I have to pass this test. I need some answers, you know? And he said, turn the page. I, I turned the page and there was all the answers. He says, "He said, I provide all the answers for every test that life brings your way. I provide every answer in my book. Every answer, there. I stopped sweating. I got happy. Cause so I had the answer to the test. It's a whole lot more fun to take a test that you have the answers to." And sorry to say, I had the answers to some of my tests in high school. I wasn't supposed to have the answers too. But I will admit it. I've been forgiven. But still, my friend who was sitting beside me, he took all the blame and everything. We were both looking to she taking it. The coach steps in, sticks his head in. We all know. And he comes over and he takes my friend, and back then they gave weapons. of a big board that had holes in it. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was smarting for a while. Never mentioned me or anything. The bottom line is I was very happy about his choice. To, never mind. There's natural faith. We talked about that. Natural faith is when did anybody checked their chair when you came in here to sit down to make sure it worked? I'm, I might be the only one. Has anybody ever sat in a chair it broke on them? I have. Went to a restaurant, sat in a chair, and it broke. Crumbled to pieces. But most of us didn't check it. Now we learn from experience, looking. How I many took a job that you had faith that they would pay you. You didn't get paid. Anybody say, now look, I, I need to get paid first before I go to work for you. And then I'll believe you'll pay me. That wouldn't work. Natural faith. But we're talking about a faith that comes from a different realm. And the Bible speaks there's a natural realm and a spiritual realm. And this comes from the spiritual realm, another realm, where God is. Biblical faith is based on what is in the spirit realm, and these spiritual things, these spiritual blessings, are available to us. Ephesians one three, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Have you noticed you've been blessed? With every spiritual blessing. The blessings of God are up there for you. All we have to do is receive them. To bring spiritual blessings into this natural realm. To use them is called faith. It's called faith. That's what faith is. We're pulling from the spiritual realm And bringing it into this natural realm. That's the reason there's a time period. Many times after we pray. I like the instant. I mean like the instant. Microwave. Got it. But a lot of times it's a waiting period. That's when you got to resist the the enemy with the word of God. With your faith. Because he comes to steal the promise of God. That God's given you. Faith brings what is already yours in, in Christ into the spirit realm, that's in the spirit realm, into his physical, natural realm. And that's when you say Mark 11:24, which we talked about last time. Whatsoever you desire in prayer, believe that you receive it, and you shall have it. Believe that you receive it is present tense, and you shall have it is future tense. What in the world? How can you believe that you received something when he said you shall have it? Because you receive it in the spirit then. It's yours. You own it. And then there's this time period where you look at Mark 4. Talks about the farmer. Plants a seed. And it starts coming up. He didn't plant a seed and they stay, come out and say, well, it must not work and dig up the seed. I need some new seeds. No, he's very patient. And that's what happens. We hear the word of God, which is the incorruptible seed that's planted within us, gets in our heart, and it starts to come up. Now sometimes it can come up. You can hear a word of God and get it just like that. Other times it takes time. Romans 10:17, "So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Say hearing by the word of God. So faith comes, what? That assurance, that confirmation, that title deed. You might be given uh, some property and you have the title deed. You can't see it, but it's yours, because you have the title to it. That's what you're saying. You have received it, it's yours. How does that kind of faith come? It comes through hearing and hearing. That's a continual sense there. Hearing the word of God. So what's the enemy trying to do? Stop you from hearing the word. He wants you distracted. He wants you busy. cares a life and the word to stop in your life. But he said hearing and hearing and faith is released. That assurance in your heart comes from hearing the word of God. That confirmation in your heart comes from hearing the word of God. That title deed that you possess, the promise of God, comes from hearing the word of God. God puts great honor and esteem on his word. And what he says he means. The word is faith food. And a lot of Christians are malnourished. And we always have to be on guard to make sure we're getting the Word of God in us. The Word of God is the foundation of faith. And we have two different uh, words here for Word of God. One is logos. I mean, no, that's the written Word of God. The written Word of God is logos. And then the rhema is the spoken Word of God or that which is quickened to you. How many have heard somebody say, I know that I know? That's a quicken. That's, that's a quicken there. And people say, well, I, how do I know I'm in faith? Well, there's a heart assurance. You will know when you have that heart assurance. It's different. You know. It could, some people say it's like revelation knowledge. Something dawns on you. The light bulb goes off. Ever heard the light bulb go off? And it became yours. You owned it. That's what from feeding on God's word does. So we resist. What's the enemy of faith, doubt, unbelief, fear? These things try and come in. We have to resist it like Jesus did with the word of God. I love this story. It was during the great... Uh, depression, it was common to see long lines of jobless Americans back then waiting in long lines trying to get a job. This one company, they had one opening and they put the news out and there's huge long lines uh, in the city for one job and uh, uh, the boss, he was interviewing one by one. He'd have his secretary bring him in, sit down, he'd interview him. And then the next one. And in, in the middle of doing this, a man runs in past the secretary, bust into the boss's office. And the boss says, shut the door. And they, they talk, they both come out. And he said, hey, listen, everyone, you can go home. This man has the job. Of course, I didn't make very mean people happy. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance. I didn't get a chance to interview you with you. I, that man broke the line. He was at the back of the line, and I saw him. He broke through. It's not fair, it's not right. And the boss said, "Well, let me explain to you that this job, I needed someone that knew Morse Code. And so what I did I started tapping out. If you hear this, come running into my office. Run past the secretary into my office. The job is yours. That's what this man did. He heard something that everyone else, the sound was there. He made sure it was loud enough. He's broadcasting that out there, Morse code. Everybody's just talking and waiting. They're going Oh, I need a job, you know. (laughs) And this man heard it. He heard a sound that no one else heard. That's kind of like faith. You hear something that others aren't hearing. You hear a personal voice of God. You hear what God is speaking to you it's interesting to me, whenever I preach and everything, there's always someone say, you know, the Lord spoke to me this, you know, when you said this. And I'm thinking, I never said that. God was preaching to them a different message. Because there's individual messages for each of us because we serve a personal God and he knows how it needs to come to each of us. Faith begins to hear a sound. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. By saying, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth. That's sound. How do you know you're saved? A hard assurance. The witness of the spirit on the inside of you declares you're saved Charles Capps a a farmer in Arkansas years ago I remember he said that everyone there farmed according to the farmer's almanac and they said the farmer's almanac this particular year said it was a bad year for cotton well he's in prayer he said Lord, you know, what do I need to plant? And the Lord said, cotton. It's cotton. And he, he told his neighbors everything, I'm planting cotton. And they said, what? He said, yeah, that's what the Lord lent me. And they said, oh, well, we're not. And the Lord said, I want you to rent all their property. He rented all the property from the people around there of a hearing from God and had a bumper cotton crop. Hearing from God can change everything. Hearing his voice can cut through whatever's ailing you and bring relief and bring peace and bring strength and bring breakthrough, bring liberty, bring joy. This grace is so powerful that nothing is impossible. Nothing. So when it says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, we could say faith come by hearing and hearing by the rhema word of God. The spoken word of God, what God has given you the assurance of in your heart. That's the faith. See, we're reading a lot of stuff we don't have faith for, and sometimes we pray when we don't have faith. Have you ever prayed something you knew that didn't go nowhere? Or am I the only one? I remember Ellen and I went to lay hands on the house, laid hands on that house, claimed that house going after it and I knew the whole time this is nothing <laughs> knew the whole time got in the car and I said well it was a waste of time I said on. I, I did have no faith for that wasn't in a place of faith at all <laughs> you know when you have that assurance well how do you I don't have the assurance well maybe you need to get in the word and hear some more because faith will come he promised it. God will give you faith. <laughs> well, I believe God's going to heal me someday. That's hope. That's future. We do need hope. But that's future. Faith is now. Present tense. Title deed. God, possess it now. I need peace in my life. Oh, Jesus said, my peace I leave unto you. Maybe we need to believe what He said. And just grab hold, Lord Jesus. You said, that "Your peace you leave unto me." I receive your peace right now, in Jesus' name. Isaiah twenty-six, three says, "You will keep him in perfect peace, as mine has stayed on you, because he trusts in you." John fourteen, twenty-seven, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. if your heart's troubled, you need to go get in the scriptures for peace and get some peace. Well I don't feel like getting in the scriptures that's the time you really need to get in the scriptures <laughs> once you do you like it. You don't understand. The University of Memphis playing ball. Hey, you didn't miss anything. I'm still a little wounded that they get, well, never mind. Heal me, Lord. <laughs> you need wisdom. He says in James, you know, ask. You need wisdom? Ask. You don't know how this is going to work or what you need, that. ask for wisdom. He loves you to ask, but he says, ask in faith, not doubting. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven, tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded man and stable in all his ways. Ooh, that's powerful. <laughs> that's pretty strong stuff. You think about it. Where's stability come from? It says the word brings stability. I need my memory to work. Proverbs 10, 7, the memory of the righteous is blessed. How many times are you confessing your memory's not working? Well, I have the memory of the just, the righteous, so my memory's blessed. Memory, you're blessed. You may be acting like you're not, but you are blessed. Get the of word. How do you do it? You meditate on it. And that's one of the things we talked about last time, confessing the word. There is a confessing of the word unto faith. And then it drops into your heart and becomes a confession of faith. You can confess God's word and get it planted in your heart and give a crop by just saying God's word. You don't have to go around out in the streets confessing God's word. I'm talking about in your home. Just confess the word of God, what it says. It's powerful. That's the way I, I heard when I, the doctor said you got prostate cancer. Had two doctors get in a fight about who was going to do the surgery. It was just fiasco. And uh, I didn't have a peace by any of it. Am I against doctors? No, I'm for doctors. Jesus, the great physician, for doctors. It's just you got to do what the Lord's saying you do. I didn't have peace. One night praying, I got a rhema word. And the Lord said, check on the internet for Christian urologist. Internet wasn't very old. This has been <laughs> several years ago. It was a new thing. Anyway, I get on there and one came up. Called himself a Christian. And that man became a very good friend of mine. We I felt bad about those that had to wait after me. I we'd have to, I'd tell him, I said, Dr. Wallace, you know, there's people waiting. We'd be in there praying in spirit. I mean, we'd get, we're all into it. I mean, it, it, it's just, just awesome. And But one rhema word, and he does a test on um, me, redid the test. Other places wouldn't redo the test, refused to. And the in didn't want to do it. He did it. I never told him a thing until after the test. He says there's no way in this world you have any cancer in your body. And the tests he did were so, so low. And they're still low to this day. I know doctors say, Well, it's low. Somebody your age has And Dr. Wallace, he told me it's as if you had the surgery. The readings we have, as if you had it, but no, you didn't have it. Whatever the Lord's telling you to do, that's what you gotta do. But the disciples, remember, they were out on the water, and Jesus came walking by, and they go, It's a ghost! And they were full of fear. And Peter, he said, Well, Jesus goes, Be of good cheer, it's I. He told him who it was. And Peter said, Lord, if that is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, what's Jesus to say? No, it's not me, Peter. (laughs) He kind of had him there. Jesus said, come. Peter walked on a rhema word from God on the water. He got his eyes off the word, off Jesus, and says the winds came and the storm came. He began to sink. But Jesus was right there to pick him up. You know, Peter gets a bad rap. At least he walked on the water. Amen. And Jesus right there to, to lift him up. I'm glad that when we mess up, Jesus has a greater grip on us than we do on him. He's merciful, and he's good, and he's got us. <laughs> All right. That's the reason testimonies can be dangerous. Somebody will say, the Lord told me to give my car away. I gave my car away, and the next day, some man gave me a brand new car. And somebody go, hey, I'm giving my car away. I heard that. I'm giving my car away. Uh, Hold it. Now, don't give your car away. You might be walking for a while. I know a guy did it. Gave his car away. He's walking everywhere, Grumbling. Why did the Lord tell me? Lord didn't tell you to give that car away. Did you have peace? Did you have peace in your heart and know No, but so and so, his testimony, his testimony, it was God speaking to him, not you. When I got saved, there's four of us that just hung around each other, four or five, and we were fire for God. And we were in a meeting, we heard this testimony, a guy that uh, threw his glasses away. <laughs> Never forget it. We're all wearing glasses. And one guy actually just took them off right there and just stomped them. And I'm just looking at it. So I go, oh, I don't know about this. I know. Oh, yes. You heard the word of the Lord. You heard the testimony. Uh, God didn't tell me. They destroyed their glasses. I kept mine on. I just I said, I know how much these things cost. You know, <laughs> so I kept them on. And the truth is one of them, it was so bad. I had to lead him out. To get out on the street. It's this way. I'm going, dear Jesus. You're going to drive? He didn't last long. He had to go buy some new glasses. They all did. Because it wasn't a rhema word. It was just a word that... And it's great to have testimonies because it it says God to do for you what he's done for someone else. But it needs to be spoken. You need to have the assurance of it for you before you act on somebody else's rhema. What if the other disciples? And maybe with Jesus right there may have been different. I can just say, hey, what's Peter Peter's getting out of the ship. He's getting on the water. Oh, I'm going to do this one. No, 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 no. He's not going to be. I'm supposed to be at the right hand. You know? <laughs> Jealous, mate. Getting out of the boat. And, they, and the rest of them just sink. Because Peter had the Raymond word, come. He didn't say, y'all come. <laughs> he said, bid me to come. So he got the word and Peter went. Romans four sixteen. therefore, it's a faith that might be according to grace, that the promise might be sure all to all the seed. I'm not going to read all this, but uh, Father Abraham, I mean, believe that he had some faith. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist, as so they did, who contrary to hope and hope, believed that he became the father of many nations. And being weak, not, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100. And Sarah was 90. You know, we just kind of just read over that, but I mean, you think about this that Abraham and Sarah got the promise when Abraham was 75. And then they have Isaac when Abraham is 100 and Sarah's 90. 25 years. And they, you know, they tried to do things their own way in between all there and stuff. But they, they finally, you know, got it right. But 25 years of waiting before God. But see, Rhema always needs an action. Faith always needs an action. God will give you faith, but He will not do your believing. When you look at faith, it's a noun, person, place, thing. But if you take believing as a verb, it's a motion, it's a motion, it's a movement. God will give you faith, but He will not give you believing. You have to step out and do. So what am I saying? If Abraham and Sarah, they could have had faith in their heart, but if they had never stepped out in action, over that word, they never would have had a child. It wouldn't have been, well, it's just going to happen. No. They had 25 years to get this right. (laughs) But if they had not acted, it never happened. Biblical faith is being persuaded in spiritual truth over temporal facts. Spiritual truth is a place of truth. Natural realm is a place of facts. Facts never change the truth, but the truth can change the facts. God will give you faith, but he will not do your believing. Faith must be released in your heart. Faith without words is dead. And that simply means, it did not mean that faith isn't there. Doesn't exist. It just means it hasn't been activated through action. It's just like when you die uh, a physical death, what happens? Your spirit and your soul leave your body. You still exist. In Acts 14, in Lystra, there said a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth had never walked. This is the one that the disciples say, who sinned? <laughs> you know, this, this one almost cracks me up. The disciples who sinned? The parents or the man? It's been crippled from birth. Who sinned? So are you telling me that this man sinned in the womb? Yeah, he was in the womb, you know, he was. Smoking a big cigar and gambling. <laughs> That's what they thought back then. <laughs> that, that sin <laughs> caused, everybody was sick because of sin or whatever happens. But Jesus knocked down the water. He said, neither the parent nor the man sin. We live in a fallen world. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him and saw he had faith to be healed. He saw the man had faith, but he's sitting there. There was faith there, but it needed to be released. So what does Paul do? Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. What if Paul had never said anything? Uh, Hopefully, there had been some kind of unction in him to attempt to stand up but he had faith you can have faith and not be releasing it activating it when we were um, in Arkansas a couple of weeks ago I was praying this lady uh, she had uh, back issues and I asked her as I always do to do something she couldn't, couldn't do she said I am I said so, what do you mean you she said, I'm standing here. Say so, said, so I couldn't stand. I said, well, let's try and take a step. And she just barely took a, a little step. I, I took her by the hand and we took a couple little steps. And then she started. And then next time I've got Lauren taking her all around the church. And she's just gone. Just no pain, completely healed. What if she had never stepped out? Another lady whose shoulder was messed up, I said, do something you couldn't do. And she said, I'm afraid. And she's crying. She said, it hurts so bad. I said, I, I know. I said, can you just a little? So she just went, I mean, I couldn't even tell it. She just, she, that didn't hurt, didn't she? And then she moved it. And just, she said, I couldn't do this. And God had healed her. But see, fear of the pain was stopping her from even taking that little step. And Jesus always tell him to do something. Stretch out your hand. I can't stretch out my hand. It's weathered. Stretch out your hand. Do what you couldn't do before. Jesus would say, rise up and walk. I'm crippled. Well, you mean, rise up and walk? He, they had heard the voice of God through Jesus, a rhema word, and they could act on it or choose not to. And Jesus always said, people do something. You remember the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. And they were healed on the way. As they went, they were healed. What an instant! It was on the way. Jesus made mud pies. You remember, he put in the blind man's face, Spelling on the ground, made mud pies, stuck on the face, and he said, "Go wash off in the pool of Siloam." You know, he was still blind. He had to get to that pool. He had to get someone to help walk him to that pool. What if on the way he said, look, hey, I know you, I appreciate you helping me. Uh, I know you guys swim swimming poo and you live just around the corner here. <laughs> Would it work? No. Wouldn't have followed the rhyme of word, what God was speaking. No, he goes there. He gets help there. And his eyes are open, and he walks free. I'm going to end with this. In um, Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith, it's impossible to please him. How many want to please him? I want to please him. I know you do too. Well, we've got to be releasing faith to him. We've got to be getting faith. We should always be making progress. Moving forward. There's a work to be done. There's lives to be changed. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, you must believe that He is. You know, what you believe affects the way you live. It has great consequences for this life and next life. A large segment of our world we see is living as if there is no God. They won't openly admit that, probably, but it's because they want to avoid dealing with a creator. They don't want to think about it. So they think about it, they would have to deal with God. So they live like there's no God in this life. They live like there's no life after this. They live like there's no judgment seat that you have to stand before God and give account of your life. They're just doing what they want to do. In Romans one twenty, it says, since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without found excuse. He's saying creation speaks that God is God, that there is a God. Have you ever looked at nature and how beautiful it is? And wow, God. So it's like, God's creation is his art. And it says in scriptures that it speaks that he is real and he is alive and no one's with excuse. You can look at the human body and come up with that. That no eye is the same. No ear is the same. Nobody's smell is the same. Everybody has a distinct smell. Only God. Every snowflake is different. And that's across the world they found out. And they found that there's different patterns of snowflakes in other parts of the world. Completely different. Only God. But see, the world doesn't want to look at that. It's kind of like you have in your house, you have this beautiful piece of art. And maybe you invite someone over to your house and they see this magnificent piece of art and they go, Who made it? And you go, Oh, nobody. It just happened. Well, that's crazy, but it's just as crazy for anyone to look at creation and say, it just happened. We came from monkeys. And in Romans, when you read on, it says they'll start to worship animal images, man made idols. But our God is a good God. If you believe there is no God, there's no rules. There's no right or wrong. If you believe there is a God, you'd be bound to find out what's he want? My existence is because of him. What's he want? What's he want from me? But if you remove God from the equation, there's no absolute truth. There's no right or wrong. Morality is just a personal choice. But there is a God. There is a God who rules and reigns. And we're privileged and honored to be able to call him Father. We're part of his family. We don't have to have everything, experience everything in this life. We have a destination. We have a purpose. We have a course. We're going to heaven. I don't have to have the biggest house, and best car. I don't have to be in the rat race, materialism. Because my God has a mansion for me up in heaven. And it's paid for. There's no mortgage payments. And the furniture just suits me. <laughs> Better than I know. Pick out some furniture. I don't know. This one feels pretty good. But there, God knows. So we're living for Him. We choose Him. So we have a destination. When you do that, it's liberating. The weights come off. I saw they're taking the Ten Commandments. They're trying to take off every courtroom in America. They have several. I'm thinking, what is offensive about thou shall not kill? Thou shall not steal. And if you don't believe there's a God, why do you care what the rest of us think? It's because they don't want to face reality that there is a God. Because if they believe the Ten Commandments, they're saying there is a God. And they'll have to deal with it. So once you believe He is, what does He want? And I can tell you what He wants you. It's simple. And you'll never really be happy, you'll never fulfill your purpose, you'll never find out what you were created to do until you give him what he wants. And that's you completely. I've had people say, Oh, I'm so happy and they don't even believe in God, then the next week you find that they're headed for divorce and all kinds of things. <laughs> Going home, it's easy to put on a smiling face. But if you don't have God, you don't have life. So we have a job to do. And it's going to take faith to do it. To love our enemies. Pray for those that spitefully use you. Show that God is real in our lives. Inspire our heads, Father. In the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for your word today, Lord. Thank you for speaking to each of us about faith, refreshing, Lord, our hearts, renewing our mind to the truth. And some of you used to use your faith and you were, you were believing God for the impossible. But you've got distracted and you pulled back and the Lord's saying, come back. Because we're living in a day and an hour when your faith will be tested severely and strongly. But also your faith will cause the impossible To be a living reality, be released for the harvest as a hand. Because I've called you to be fishers, fishers of men and women, boys and girls, to bring in the harvest. I've called you to be about God's family business. But I want you well. I want you blessed. I want you prospering. I want you full of joy. This is not to be a weight upon you, but it's to be a joy to bring in those lost sons and daughters. God, we just renew ourselves to the the Word of God, Lord. We esteem your word. We put it first in our lives. And Lord, where we've not been as disciplined, Lord, we ask for your help. We desire to be disciplined in the word, feeding on faith food and learning about you and having that personal time with you, that personal relationship with you. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow your heads for just a moment. Is anyone here that doesn't know Jesus going we'll give you a chance to make the greatest decision of your life? Don't avoid the question, is there a God? There is a God. A God that loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for you. To pay the price for every place you've ever missed it for every misword, misdeed, misthought, misaction. He paid the price for you. He took sickness and disease. He took betrayal. He took oppression in the mind. He took the depression. He took the attacks against the emotions. He took it all for us. And he's calling you home. Say, will you come home to him? That you, if no one looking around, just lift up your hand where I'm praying. If you're watching online. You can respond right where you're at. Just lift up your hands there at home and say yes to Jesus. I want Jesus in my life, in my heart. And just repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I give you my life. I realize that's what you want. You want me. And Lord, I want you. So I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my time. I give you my past, my present, my future. I give you every aspect of my life, my relationships. I give it all to you. And I thank you, Lord, for giving me new life. Holy Spirit, infuse each of these that made this decision with the life of God, the strength of the Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. your body. Just stand up. We're going to release our faith. Anybody that has pain in their body, stand up. In the name of Jesus, we command the pain to leave these bodies right now. In Jesus' name, you have no place. You have no right to stay there. To command this attack of the enemy to cease. I release the very life of Jesus' resurrection, dunamis, explosive power to be released into each of them. Holy Spirit, touch them now. Touch them now. In Jesus' name. And just start doing what you couldn't do, checking yourself out as an act of faith and surrender. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody receive? What happened? I can I can't hear you. Is it completely well? lot better all of it go in jesus name all of it go in jesus name thank you lord thank you lord now we rejoice when jesus does something anything right give him praise and glory hallelujah